double your pleasure, double your fun. Try to get it better this time around. It's your pals, Geeksters. And welcome to episode 144, part two of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. How you doing, all? <laughs> Ed had a panic look great because I was in the middle of a yawn when he was like, and with the geeks, I'm your host, Ron. Bam, look at me. Right back on par. <laughs> Subpar, basically. Anyway, so welcome to part two, as I said a couple times already. Babbling idiot <laughs> that I am. Um, here in part two, Erica brings you, like I said, um, the top 11. Why 11? I don't know. I guess they were like, they had 10 and all of a sudden went, oh, no, here's one more. Yeah. You know, of actors slash directors to apologize for some of their work they did in the past. Like, you know, you know how it is. Like, sometimes you do something and at the time you think it's going to be awesome and then you look back and you go, oh my God, that was kind of crap. Kind of like part one. Mm -hmm. I <laughs> so, I guess... We are kind of officially apologizing for part one. So we're on par with the list. There you go. It's almost as if I had it planned. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. So like, comical genius? Or just comical? <laughs> I like to think a little bit of both. I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not a Menza guy, but... Uh, <laughs> no one cares. La, la, la. Not even close. <laughs> So yeah, so we talk about that, and then we give you um, releases of the week. And there's a spin. Dun, dun, dun. The spin is, usually in part two, um, when we do video games, I give a review on a video game that I'm currently playing if it's a new release video mm -hmm. game. This week happens to be Batman, Arkham Knight. Yes. You know, as I mentioned in part one, you know, that I got it. But because we were running a little long in part two, I, we decided to start off part three with that Glowing review. Yes, glowing, <laughs> glowing review. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, folks. You get to find out what comes out on Blu-ray and DVD the week of the 27th. 28th, but yeah. Yeah, 27th. That still counts. Yeah. <laughs> the end of the month. <laughs> you know? Um, we find out who's ashamed of their past. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it, really. But in the meantime, if you do want to catch the shenanigans live, you can do so on Sunday nights. Yeah, but, but, we why, to, but we'll get to that when we get back. See? Wow. Sean, you are an idiot. Just when you... This was like more of like a... Hey, I felt like Charlie Brown. Like, this is the damn kick. I'm going to kick that stupid football. Okay, Lucy, you, you hold that football. Right? Here I come. Here I go. And the bitch pulls it away. <sighs> <laughs> now he's going blockhead. <laughs> Ugh. All right, you know what? Just while you sit there and laugh at me, enjoy the rest of the program. We'll be back at the end. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Geeksters Live on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio.com. Just search Aquanet Radio on those apps. All right, let's get right into it, Erica. What do you got this week? Okay, so this week from MentalFloss.com, we have 11 famous people who apologize for their own movies. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to... Hmm. Any, any, anyone specific comes to mind? I wanted to There's a lot of people. Like well, I know that's not on there. Um, you know, I, yeah, I did see this movie that... <laughs> sidebar. A preview for Jesse Eisenberg's new movie where it's like he's like a stoner. Mm -hmm. But he's also like a CIA agent. Someone comes in and, and triggers him. 
but he's so such a stoner he doesn't really notice until all of a sudden he starts kicking ass. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it looks kind of funny. Oh, Christian Stewart's in it. Forget I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Plays his girlfriend. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a stoner mentality, so maybe she doesn't need any emotion. Like, I'm like, all right. But it's got Topher Grace, Topher Grace in it, too. And I'm like, I like him. Like, you know? <laughs> all right, so. Uh, you can always I'll, just take, like, a picture of somebody else and just hold it up over her face. Yeah, just the whole time. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just doing a lot of this. Cardboard cut out, still more emotions than Christmas. Uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah. I can't really think of any. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's going to, he's going to be on that list to apologize for Daredevil because he, he already came out. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that would be my, the only one I could think of. Chris Helmsworth for uh, Snow White and the Husband. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is he on the list? I, I'll tell you. All right. Do you guys have any, you already know who's on the list. I already forgot who you told me Okay, who was well on then the take a, take a guess. <laughs> um, okay, well I know, I know Twilight's not on there. Um, I know Fifty Shades of Grey is not on there. Uh... should be on there i like that movie again again i because you know what i love a dark comedy i love a, i love those those fucked up movies where you just kind of go wait this really happened because i remember reading the story of how her breast implants solved this case i it was i'm like it's an actual new i'm like oh it was until the end i was like oh my god that's right i remember this story <laughs> All right, uh, well, right. let's start off with number 11. All right, number 11. Let me go down to the bottom. You always go, you always, come again, number well, it's 11. Well, it's how it's listed on here. Oh, uh, okay. okay, they went one, two, three. They went one, two, three, yeah. Bad. Number 11. Bad writer. Yeah. Bruce Willis for Striking Distance in 1993. That was the movie where he played the Pittsburgh uh, cop on the water. Oh, right, right. See, this is where I'm going to test my movie knowledge. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, with, with Sarah Jessica Parker. In 2004, Bruce Willis appeared on an episode of On the Record with Bob Costas where he publicly apologized for striking distance, saying, quote, it sucked. <laughs> All right. All right. Number 10 is Carol Burnett for 1974's The Front Page. Never saw it. Never saw it. I was four. <laughs> I get a pass on that one. <laughs> I was two. Um, so apparently, it's a stage-to-film stage adaptation. Carol Burnett played Molly Malloy, a prostitute who befriends a convict who escapes prison. She wasn't very happy with her performance and went on a Los Angeles to New York plane that was playing the front page as its in-flight movie. She used the airplane's PA system to apologize to the other passengers. <laughs> wow. wow. All right. All right. All right. It's like you'd never really want to play a bad movie when you're on a plane. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my god, this movie's so bad, just please, please slam it to a mountain. Please, please, please. I don't care if we fly to give it to a mountain and slam the tr- plane into it. By the way, some of this list, I kind of feel like after the first like five or six, they ran out of ideas and uh, didn't bother Googling. Okay. So Good thing. Well, that's probably why you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. That's why they had yeah. 11. You know, someone yeah. went, oh, wait, Bruce Willis, I remember him you know, complaining about Back in, this. you know, 11 years ago. All right, so about who, a movie from 22 years ago. Who we got coming in at number nine? Number nine. Paul Newman for The Silver Chalice from 1954. Ah, come on, Paul. You were new. So, Paul Newman was so embarrassed by his acting debut, and it was his first hey, film, was, ah. in The Silver Chalice, that he called uh, the low-budget film, quote, the worst motion picture produced during the 1950s. 
1963, a local Los Angeles TV station was scheduled to air the Silver Chalice for several nights, and Newman spent $1,200 on buying space in two local newspapers that read, Paul Newman apologizes every night this week, Channel 9. (laughs) But, but, although he had hoped people wouldn't watch the Silver Chalice, his plea backfired and the broadcasted the broadcast attracted high ratings because of the extra publicity. Sure. You know, so was it more of an apology or a smart public, uh, smart business move? Because, ah. I mean, Paul Newman obviously yeah. turns into be Paul Newman. Yeah. Newman's owned. Newman's owned popcorn and... Salad dressing. That's it, yeah. salad dressing. Yeah, so that bad movie or that good publicity idea spawned an empire. All right. What else? Who you got? Who you got tracking it up? And tracking it number eight is Vincent Gallo for 2003's The Brown Bunny. The infamous, I remember that one. The infamous movie where Chloe Sevigny went down on him. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was she was. Uh, there were a couple at the time, mm-hmm. and I guess for artistic merit, there was a blowjob scene, and they actually filmed it. Ah, okay. I, I've, I've seen it. And not the movie, seen but I've seen the clip. I'd be like, it's I not hope, that exciting. I'm like, I. Really? That's that's your idea? Of, I mean, did you even watch porn? <laughs> like, come on, you're an actor. Be a method actor at least. You know? Either that or he was really nervous. <laughs> so, all right. So, he, did he apologize for the sex scene? Um, he apologized for the movie itself. He okay. uh, immediately apologized for making the film, which he called, quote, a disaster and a waste of time. Oh. Vowed never to make wow. another movie but not before apologizing to his producers and his backers. If no one wants to see it, they are right, he said. I apologize to the financiers of this film, but I assure you it was never my intention to make a pretentious film, a self-indulgent film, a useless film, an unengaging film. Oh, so this is one of those stories where the guy was like, I, what I really want, uh, yeah, sure, I love acting, but I really want to do is direct, and kind of financed his own project, and um, he flew a little close to the sun. Icarus? Yeah. Yeah, look at me dropping a little Icarus. Bam! I read. See, he reads. I read good. All right, who you got? Who you got coming in number seven? Number seven, Jeffrey Katzenberg for Envy in two thousand four. Um, I don't actually remember this working? film. Envy, Envy, Envy. Uh, go ahead, kind of. All right, so I apologize profusely for Envy. DreamWorks co-founder Jeffrey Katzenberg said during the press conference for Shark Tale during the Cannes Film. That's well in 2004. <laughs> hey, and sorry about this movie, but here's another one. Here's another one that's awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. I, 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 Robert De Niro, Will Robert, Smith. Robert De Niro playing a gangster. Come on. That's like on the nose. It's automatically a guaranteed moneymaker. Okay. Envy, which had released just a month earlier, followed an inventor played by Jack Black and his best friend played by Ben Stiller became I'm, increasingly uh, jealous yes. of his success. Uh, it was yes. almost straight to video. Yeah. yeah. But the success uh, yeah. of School of Rock, which starred Jack Black a year before, convinced DreamWorks to, to release Envy theatrically. It was a box office bomb and had very low critical ratings, and Stiller was nominated for a Razzie for Worst Actor. Yeah, All right. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, in everyone's mind. Like, um, Red Dawn with Chris Helmsworth. Yeah. Came out after Thor, I think it was, when he was already a star. Yeah. That movie was actually made six years prior to the hmm. release date. That's like right. it just kind of sat on a shelf and went, oh, Chris Holmesworth and that and that Peter kid from that Mockingjay movie, they're in it. Let, let's uh, we can get some money out of it. Yeah, you know, other than you know, sitting on a shelf collecting dust. 
All right, who do you got at number, it's, or number six or number Num- seven? We're up to number six. All right. And that is Eli Roth for Hostel in 2005. Really? I liked yeah. Hostel. And that's the thing. I was actually surprised about this one because I know a lot of fans of horror movies who love this film. I I actually, I've never seen this film because I'm, I don't enjoy slasher films that are slasher for the sake of being slasher. So uh, you this know, one... The concept of it scares me a little. Bit. The concept is based on a real story. I know, and that's, that's that's part of what scares me a little bit. So that's why I've I've never gotten to the point where I want to watch this. Yeah, I remember my sister. And I, I, went, I want to watch it, but my sister and I, I went to go to the theaters to see it, and I was like, I don't think like a lot of people liked it, but I'm like, you know what? You need to kind of look past the 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 like the visual aspect of it and know that that story is based on actual things like mm-hmm. Eli Roth was looking into. And it was supposed to be set into, in I think, either Korea or Japan. And all of a sudden, according to him, he started getting kind of letters of going, you might want to look somewhere else because some people are starting to look into you. Hmm. And it was like, oh, I'm going to put it in um, where, um, I think, what's the next place that they usually go? Mexico or something? No, no, it was overseas. It was in Europe. Um, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. I, thought. I, thought, I think it was. It was in- Amsterdam? Oh, we got to pause in the show. Um, yeah, but I mean, so that's where the story took place there. So, and I remember kind of walking out going, oh my God, if this, like, I'm always a big fan of horror movies that kind of skirt the line of, like, it could be possible. It is Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Woo, nice call, (laughs) nice call. And that whole, like, the whole subject of people go missing all the time, you never find them. What if they are really being kidnapped to be used as fodder for some rich businessman who wants to know the thrill of killing another person and getting away with it? Mm -hmm. Like, if you could pay let's say $10 million to p- kill somebody and get away with it. Would you like just for the, just for that rush of going, I once killed a man, in Reno just to watch him die kind of thing. You know, <laughs> I once killed a man in Amsterdam to watch him bleed out in front of me because I'm so bored with my life. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I liked, I kind of, I thought the, I'm surprised. What did he say? How come? All right. So in 2005, director Eli Roth, who, by the way, <clears throat> if we remember, he's also an actor. He was an Bastards. He played yeah. the, uh, the bear Jew. Yes. Um, director Eli Roth formally apologized to the Icelandic Minister of Culture for the bizarre portrayal of Oli, the drunken, sex-crazed Icelandic college student in Hostel. Oh. We had a premiere there in <laughs> Iceland, and the Minister of Culture threw me a huge dinner. Uh, I got to accept a formal... I got to issue a formal apology to the Minister of Culture for ruining Icelandic culture, which he accepted. Additionally, the president of Iceland also issued Eli Roth an official presidential pardon for the horror movie. <laughs> well, you know, your character is pretty accurate, so I'll give you the pardon, he jokes. Um, so I, I do, I kind of want to see the movie, but I still, after this, I, I kind of want to see it a little more, but I definitely don't want to see it alone. So. Definitely have to watch it. I believe on Amazon. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, there was definitely, like, Oh, we sat in the theater, and it was just definitely like this. As weird as it sounds, like there is almost you could feel like a film on you, like mm-hmm. like it was like, oh my god, like how when I would see eight, somebody sitting behind you going. When, <laughs> when I when I watched eight, the first time I saw eight millimeter, there is that kind of tangible kind of taste to going. Oh man, this is really dark and really like you kind of feel like I might have been a little changed there by watching that movie. <laughs> you know, especially because in eight millimeter, it's got. You know, the when they finally reveal the bad guy, mm-hmm. it's why did I do this? Because like he had no reason other like than the fact, yeah. And that was basically is because I enjoy it, and you're just kind of going, 
oh my god, I've never seen that kind of excuse. It's always been like, oh, my mommy touched me or I was abused, blah blah blah. He's like, no, nah, I just do it because I enjoy it. I'm going. There's people out there that is fucking creepy. Yeah. Like it was like seven and the, those kind of horror movies are, yeah. to me are the, are the really good ones. That's, I actually read a book, um, not to go. No, no. You read I a book? I actually read a book. <laughs> did, no. it have, did it have pictures in it? <laughs> it did not. Um, I, I read a book about sociopaths. Yeah, your Gemini hologram comics does not count. <laughs> well, it is about sociopaths. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, read, I would say dual personality disorder. <laughs> I read a book about sociopaths, and after I read that book, that was almost a horror movie to me because I'm sitting there reading like 20% of the population could be you know, sociopathic. Well, and I'm well like, there's that one meme that goes around like, oh, the average person walks past a uh, serial killer 36, 36 times. times. Okay, and I'm it's going. It's a fun fact because they didn't kill you. I'm like, what? what? That's a set. I highly, I walks past a murderer every 36 times. Like, I'm like, really? Like, I, Okay, sure. Why not? What part of town are you living in? <laughs> I live at Crystal Lake. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then makes sense. Okay, so we're grading on a curve. <laughs> they take the averages. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. All right. Take the averages of all the places in the horror films. But you would think that pop that that population would be thin real quick because once they all well, realize that's what's, what's going that's on what's no one's having average. sex no one's having sex yeah but that's what's yeah. skewing the average right. <laughs> all right so well, who's no, we're number five we're number five all right top five answers on the board survey says jd shapiro for battlefield earth oh, oh. that's a good one yeah but okay i mean you want the apology from john travolta himself not this club <laughs> <laughs> i doubt you're gonna get it from john travolta no because he's, he, he drank that cool league. Yeah. He when John that Travolta, When John Travolta commissioned screenwriter J.D. Shapiro to adapt one of L. Ron Hubbard's science fiction novels into a feature film, Shapiro pitched Battlefield Earth, but his vision of the screenplay was darker and grittier than what eventually happened on the big screen. A huge flop when it wide, and was widely panned. Battlefield <laughs> Earth, a saga of the year 3000, received the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Picture of the Decade in 2010. And Shapiro happily accepted the rise. I, I, I saw this movie. Did you? I actually physically, I mean, I actually watched this movie. Oh, man, it was, it's weird. Because it's supposed to be kind of loosely based on the story of Scientology. Mm-hmm. The the whole, you know, um, the upper echelon stuff of how we were, uh, the humanity is actually like a slave planet and all this kind of, it, it really kind of, like, if you knew nothing about Scientology, you just kind of looked at it as, like, a bad sci-fi movie mm-hmm. with John Travolta as, like, the bad guy in it. Yeah. And it ends with a cliffhanger. Huh. Because they were supposed to make two movies. And he was supposed to use, you know, because no one, I don't think, really wanted this movie to be made. But John Travolta's like, no, because he was, before Tom Cruise, John Travolta was, like, the biggest guy in Scientology at the time. And so for him, the kind of commission was like, oh, we got one. Yeah, all right. We're going to spread the word of Scientology. Wait, no one saw it? You know, and then I, I, I guess I, I guess this isn't the you know second coming of you know of whoever Zenu. You know, it was just yeah. like it was. But I mean, it was weird. It was bizarre. It really kind of was all over the place. And I'm and in my head, I'm like, I know they're supposed to be making a sequel, so I can kind of understand why they had open ended plots. Mm-hmm. And then it pretty much ended with like John Travolta standing like in a like in like a jail cell of some sort, kind of doing the old "I'll get you." Like screaming up into the heavens, like because he got captured. Yeah, and it kind of ends. I'm going, wow. Okay, I witnessed that. Like, <laughs> like, hey, let's move on. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty cheesy ending. Yeah, 
You saw it. Mm-hmm. All like, right. There's two hours I'm never getting back. It was like two and a half, I think. It was a long, long movie. I've never I did seen like it, the costume so. designs, though. I mean, John, I saw 30 minutes of it. And I John Travolta like, as a seven man. foot guy with dreadlocks was kind of was kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it worked for him. Yeah, that I mean, was probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been way better if he goes starting dancing. You know, you know, staying alive. If he started doing all the dance moves, <laughs> whipping those dreads been, around, yeah. yeah, it would have been great. All right, so coming in at number four. All right, number four, Oliver Stone for 1978's Midnight Express. Oh, oh, Billy. <laughs> Come no. on. That is like a famous movie. Like, that's that's almost cult classic, you know. Yeah. That's like in the stratosphere of pop ref, pop culture references. I mean, I've I, 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 seen it here and there. But, I I mean, everyone kind of, oh, oh I've never Billy. seen it. So, you know. Um, Turkish, it's, it's, it's a, a Turkish prison. It's about a Tur- yeah. yeah, it's an interesting movie. It really so he is. said, it's true, I overdramatized the script, uh, but the reality of Turkish prisons at the time was also referred to by various human rights associations. For years, I heard that the Turkish people were angry with me and I didn't feel safe there. Uh, the culture ministry gave me a guarantee that I would be safe, so I feel comfortable now. Okay. <laughs> okay, but well, then again, everything is conspiracy theory to him, so it's all just in his head. Yeah. <laughs> Overdramatized. Have you seen any of your own movies? <laughs> <laughs> like you want overdramatizing? Jeez, that. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street, three hours long. Ugh, three hours. I'll never get back. And actually, God. this was he did win an award for this. It was best adapted screenplay, and it was his first. Um, All right, his first scripts. Right. Okay, so coming in number three, Shia LaBeouf for Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah I think he also apologized for Transformer movie too. The, you know what? It was the second one, the third one, the third one. He apologized for the second one because I have all four of them on Blu-ray because of the special sure. features. Special features. Again, I'm a movie nerd, yeah. so. He actually did apologize, kind of. They all kind of apologized in one of those things, like how the second one wasn't really living up to the reputation of the first one, and he kind of felt bad, and that's the reason why they went to the, the third one was going to be epic and awesome and amazing. And, oh, what a piece of crap that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the, only, the only thing that was worse than that was Transformers 4. <laughs> yes, I happened to see the other night. I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> oh we, I... I Okay, again. Go <laughs> tell the story. Because I'm a collector, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a moron. <laughs> Amazon was they make shit just for him. I'm convinced. Uh, um, Amazon sold um, a collector's edition of the movie poster with um, called Optimus Prime riding Grimlock. A statue. The statue. Yeah. A statue, and it came, of course, with the movie. And I'm like, I really like that statue. So my dad was nice and got it for me as a gift. And I'm like, all right, but I knew going in, this movie was like three and a half hours of just pure shit. And I'm like, okay, well, it's eighty dollars for the set, so I'm like, okay, the statue's worth eighty bucks because it's kind of cool looking. Mm-hmm. But that movie, and I brought it over to his house, and we watched, and man, was that an uncomfortable piece of shit? <laughs> I mean, it was just, I'm like, I, I, I need to, like, I need to watch this again just so I can mock it again. <laughs> like, it's definitely like one of those, like, I can't believe people pay to see this movie. Like, ah. Oh. So I can't he, believe they greenlit this movie. Yeah, well, of course they will. It's printing money. Yeah. Hence the reason why Shia LaBeouf... I mean, I, I, if they didn't do the stupid alien thing in, in Indiana Jones 4, I think it would have been a pretty good movie. Except for the nuke the fridge thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what did he? What did Shia have to say? So what he had to say was, oh come on. Okay, here we go. During a press conference for Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps at the Cannes Festival in 2010, right, yeah, he publicly apologizes apologize for Indiana Jones. You get to monkey swinging and things like that, and you can blame it on the writer, and you can blame it on Steven Spielberg, but the actor's job, but the actor's job is to make it come alive and make it work, and I couldn't do it, so that's my fault. Simple. All right. I, you know, I, I'm always on the fence. I kind of like Shy because I always remember him from Even Stevens, and I like him and. Everything I kind of see him, I enjoy him. Like he was phenomenal in Fury, you know. I just, I don't know. Like I have this kind of love hate relationship with him. Like as a, as a fan, I'm like sometimes I think he's a complete idiot, and sometimes I go maybe I just don't understand him because this is almost pure genius. Yeah. Like to volunteer his time to do the green screen, that you do it, do it. Like it was a he volunteered his time for. Um, it was like a graduating script writing class. And he'd come in, and they wrote the script, and he was just acting and, and just doing what they wanted in front of the green screen to let them do whatever they wanted. And now it's become this phenomenon. You go, stupid or brilliant? <laughs> like, it's like, if he cuts off his own ear at one point in his career, it's going to be the new Van Gogh. Like, <laughs> like, we're going to look back in 100 years going, he was a true artist. He, you know, I'm like, he's a nut job. That's kind of how I feel about him. Like, <laughs> like I... when, he, when he rented out that place where he, the whole I'm not famous thing, yeah. where he had a bag over his head and people were paying, I think we're paying, to, to go like, into... And punch him in the... Well, he was just to kind of sit in front of the table. Yeah. He pulled the bag off and you could either talk to him, you could scream at him, you could... Speed and he would just like apologize. He just sat there. It was like an, almost like an apology tour except people were going to him. And he was just apologizing. <laughs> I'm not famous. You're right. And I'm going... That's kind of like modern art in a way. And I'm like, eh, are you crazy or genius? Like, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever use the words genius and Shia LaBeouf for the same <laughs> sense. Unless they go, it is, you know who's not a genius? Shia <laughs> well, LaBeouf. Hey, you know who's making a, making a remake of Real Genius? Shia LaBeouf. That's a deep cut, my friend. <laughs> I don't know. I like the way he portrayed his um, character in Sea of the Black Lagoon. Yeah, I did like that video too. Yeah. I remember him as the kid in holes. Was that the video <laughs> with him kind of again um, with the underage girl? Yeah, yeah, Maddie from okay. Dance Moms. All right, that's all I remember about it. I remember it's just a whole controversial thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, Sh- so Shia apologized. I got a feeling he'll be doing that way more in his career later on, you know, <laughs> in, in the future. So just get used to that. Okay, so now we're at the top two? Top two. And they're actually the same thing. The same thing? Yes. Wait. Two people for the same movie. Showgirls. No. No. No, no. no. <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Oh, I, would I almost want to say. I almost want to say. I want to throw Kevin Smith in because he always seems to want to apologize for everything he does. You know, even though I love everything he does, you know, I'm gonna. Say, I still think. I think Affleck's gonna be on there. But all right, who's number two? Do you have a guess? <sighs> you guys can have, see my screen. Have so we seen this that. movie? I can't really see. Your probably, screen, yeah. yeah. I probably have. I probably have. I will tell you, it's about 20 years old. It's from the nineties, mm. the late nineties. Wow, uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah, <laughs> you, you and McGregor and Liam Neeson both apologize, kind of going, "Look, can we just give us a second chance?" You and like, McGregor was the we only, only reason why I actually sat through that movie. <laughs> um, I have a crush on you. McGregor. Twenty years ago, about twenty years ago. 
about 20 years ago. Let's see. That so would 95. Be late, think late 90s. Late 90s, like 99. Again, I think Phantom Menace is right. I think I'm. Yeah, no, it's 99, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Let's find out. Okay. Ooh. All right, number one and two. George Clooney and Joel Schumacher for Batman and Robin. Oh, oh, <laughs> I was close. It was a superhero movie with yeah. Ben Affleck. Oh. Um, George Clooney has, repo- has apologized repeatedly perf- yeah, like, for the I disaster of Batman and Robin, for everything from the film's campy tone to his portrayal of the Dark Knight to the Batsuit's nipples. Nipples. I really didn't you care know, about the bad I, I got to be honest. I think, okay, well, let's see what Schumacher has to say. Is he number one or is Clooney number one? Uh, George Clooney's number one. Joel Schumacher's number two. Okay, I think Joel Schumacher, I think later in life has apologized. I don't think he got really much work after Batman Robin. <laughs> I think He did uh, Phantom of the Opera after that. I, I, I can't think of what else he's done. Right. That's Just because kinda... I know. The only reason I know it was because when I found out he was directing, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? He killed Batman. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Was that the fan of Gerard Butler? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah. Emmy Rossum. <laughs> so, he looked like a fucking deer in the headlights the entire goddamn movie. So, what did Schumacher have to say? Like, like Clooney, director Joel Schumacher also apologized for the fourth installment in the Batman franchise during a retrospective interview on the Batman and Robin special edition DVD. I got that. Schumacher <laughs> said, if there's anybody watching this that, let's say, loved Batman forever and went into Batman and Robin with great anticipation, if I disappointed them in any way, then I want to really, then I really want to apologize because it wasn't my intention. My intention was to just entertain you. All right. We can actually kind of get to this one because this here's here's because um, being a Kevin Smith fan, they do the Fat Man on Batman stuff. Right. They've actually talked about this kind of genre here, the whole Batman thing. Because if you take a look at almost like because they did like these kind of like fake audio commentaries where they watch the movie on and they talk about the movie as they're watching it. Tim Burton is the one who pretty much started um, for Batman Returns. The decline of Batman. Now people are going, oh my god, well, that second one's the best one out of all of them. Well, some do. I disagree. I mean, the first one's always the best one. Yeah. But the problem is, is that if you really think about it, you have a, in the second one, parents throwing a baby out to sea. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of sexual innuendo. You have, um, I mean, let's it's the penguin himself is creepy as fuck. Yeah. You know, especially when he's talking to, you know, Catwoman. Catwoman who's, you know, overly, I'm not going to say overly sexualized because I think she's just being Michelle Pfeiffer. But here's the problem. Warner Brothers couldn't really sell toys. Yeah. They couldn't sell any toys about, like, and it's, again, this is the stuff that was discussed on in the podcast. Um, they couldn't sell toys. So when they brought Schumacher in, Schumacher, who was a fan of the 66 Batman, was brought in to bring more color to make it so they could produce toy line. Mm-hmm. You know, like Tim Burton, it's all great. Oh, it's darker than the bad. Oh, you know, that kind of... He has a visual style, so it worked with the first one, but then the second one got a little more darker and a little more creepier. Warner Brothers couldn't find a way to capitalize. Like, you had, they had a deal with Burger King. Like, hey, kids, here's, you know, Penguin and your Happy Meal, and, you know, here he is making flicky... Yeah, give me, yeah, give me the flipper, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like with real flipper action, you know, <laughs> like uh, I comes think, with toxic waste uh, and action hands. Yes, hey, reenact the uh, 
throwing a baby over over a bridge with you know with your own Pee Wee Herman doll. Like, hey, <laughs> look, it floats. Yeah, like it's it's. So and I think when he brought it into, and I I actually do like Batman Forever. I think that that's one of my out of the four of them. That's kind of more my favorite. I did enjoy Batman Forever because I personally I didn't like Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face. I was kind of happy to see... T- I wanted Billy D. Williams because you did introduce him as Harvey Dent in the first movie. Yeah, right. I'm like, I would like to see him a Billy D. Williams Two-Face. I would have loved to see that. He'd be the smoothest guy or the craziest guy at a flip of a coin. You know what's like, funny you know? is when I, when I saw Batman Forever and I see Tommy Lee Jones, I'm like, that's not Harvey Dent! Right. Like, I, you know, and I was, what, 14 at the time? 13, 14 at the time. And I, I'm just remembering Billy D. Williams as... You know, Harvey Dent. And I'm that's like, right. no, that's 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 I'm, not him. I'm Billy D. Harvey Dent. <laughs> yeah, be my Colt 45. <laughs> and then my other Colt 45. Can I mean, you imagine that? Like, you know, like him drinking a Colt 45 in one hand, shooting off a 45 in the other. You know, come on, how awesome would that have been? You know, but I think Carrie's portrayal of Riddler was pretty good. Yeah. That yeah. whole, the whole wackiness of why he was obsessed with it was revisited when Fucking Jamie, uh, Jamie Fox decided to be Electro. You know, like, oh. But, I, and I don't blame Clooney. Like, that's the big thing. Like, I don't, I think Clooney, I think this is the kind of guy, the upstanding citizen that George Clooney is. He's willing to take the blunt of the, the slings and arrows because he was the guy, in the top, he wasn't even the top billing guy. It was Schwarzenegger. You know, it was Schwarzenegger and Clooney yeah. because Schwarzenegger was bigger at the time. But, um, what? I'm just now. I'm getting all those uh, Schwarzenegger references. Oh, <laughs> freeze! I... The car is cold as ice. Freeze! Remember the chilling sound of your doom. <laughs> ice to see you. I'll be back. Oh wait, you know, <laughs> that whole. So he was like. I think the movie. I think when I was watching, when I was listening to the thing, Clooney's yeah. actually only in the movie for like 20 minutes out of a two and a half, almost two and a half hour movie. You know, and and they introduce all these other characters. So like. You can't give him, like he, he. I think he takes the blunt because it's George Clooney. I think yeah. he's the, the and the, he was the title character. Yeah, he's the, he's the gentleman. And he's to me, he's old school Hollywood, kind of going. Movie sucked. It's my fault. I'm the star. It's it's my job because he said it a couple times. That guy killed the franchise. But I'm like, no, he didn't. Joel Schumacher kind of loaded the gun. You kind of fired it, but he, <laughs> you were more like the bullet that killed Batman because it's it's the director's and screenwriter's job to kind of give you what to work with. Mm-hmm. So to kind of take the... Yeah, your name's on the headline. Again, like we've talked about this before, like blaming Ben Affleck for Daredevil. He's just a hired gun. He, he takes a role. Now it'd be completely different because he's more established. Yeah, but it's it's also like you know like having a football team and you become the quarterback, the star. Yeah, of the show, it, it lays on and your the, shoulders. It lays on your shoulders. Now the coach can give you all these plays, and you could lose horribly. Right, but everybody's going to blame the quarterback because right. he couldn't fulfill the exactly. The, and I think that's how Clooney looks at it. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't blame him. You're only as you're only your team is only as good as your quarterback. Your yeah. team is only as good as the, you know like plays. Like I've hey look, I want you to go to the 50 yard line, hang a left. Oh look, it's interception. <laughs> Oh, what do you want? Such a super play. Like, you know, <laughs> like, go to the Subaru. No, no, the Subaru. No, the red car. Like, no one's white off all part. What's your take on uh, Alicia Silverstone and Uma Thurman? I, I thought I thought Uma Thurman, again, horrible. I thought it was horrible because I do think Schumacher was trying to go with the classic Batman because he said he grew up watching him. He loved that. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, I think he wanted to, in, you know, bring that in. 
Uh, Uma Thurman's Mae West. I mean, who knew who Mae West was at that time? You know, like only certain people would know that, hey, come up and see me sometime kind of attitude is from Mae West. And you're just going, why? Like you could have, like, it was really bad choice. Yeah. But I think... I think you know Schumacher wants that over the top because you're supposed to be doing. You're doing the comic book movie. I don't think it was. It was not really. No one really knew what they were. They were because at the time, comic book movies were still considered like, sh- yeah, the shit. It was garbage. Yeah. Like it was just a cheap way. Like we don't. They're like, you know, Kevin Smith talks about it all the time. Like there's there, when he when he wrote the script for Superman Lives, that he was like when he brought him in, and the only reason why he got hired for, to write that script was because he made superhero jokes and mall rats so they brought him in as a guy who knows a movie guy who knows how to knows about comic books and he's like why don't you hire some of the comic book writers and they're like no 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 they're comic book writers we don't you know they're not they're not screenplay writers but the problem is like now they're grew because those screenplay those people who were writing the screenplays and directing the movies grew up reading comic books so i mean i think that they're like that that line isn't as blurred, not as thick as it was back then. So it was like, oh, a comic movie. Like back then, you if you were a movie star, you never wanted to go on TV. Right. TV was like death. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's like you have like I said, Brad Pitt who's going to be in a Netflix movie, like on Netflix. Right. Yeah. So you're like, that's not even Jada Pinkett Smith and Gotham. Gotham. Yeah, like yeah. these are people like Brian Cranston. Yeah, he 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 he's been a TV star and he seems to be kind of happy there. Like when was like like you uh, look at this new season of True uh, True Detective, Colin Farrell, Vince Vaughn, Amy Adams, you know they're they're in it, and you're just going these guys are movie stars. Why do they even? They don't have to. They don't they don't need it. But it's not about that now. Now it's about stories. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think Uma made some really bad decisions. I was I was a little hurt by her. And Alicia Silverstone, she was the it girl at the time. Yeah. Like that, I think that someone went. You know, we need we need to bring. You know what? It's too much of a sausage fest in this way. A lot of men in rubber. You know, <laughs> let's let's get, let's get a chicken here. You know, who's hot? Alicia Silverstone. Get her. You know, I, she's hardly in the movie too. Right. You know, poor Chris O'Donnell's like, what about me? You know, I'm, I'm Robin. You know what's funny is I loved Chris O'Donnell's Robin. Like I for me, yeah, yeah. he was. I to this day I love Chris O'Donnell. I, I like when he's on um, NCI, NCIS Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Mm-hmm. I. Well, him and LL Cool J. I, yeah, I do that love whole show is great. But I specifically have all the characters. So those two are my favorites. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I thought the movie. Like, you go back and you watch, and you go, "Oh my god, this is horrible." But at the time, it was like, "Oh my god, it's fucking Batman on the big screen again." Yeah. Oh wait, what? Why is she doing that voice? Like, and again, Bane is referred to as, as just the muscle. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, and, and with a big blow up thing, it was like. Somebody, you hear the generator in the background as his muscles get. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, he's in it. Then I, I, I haven't watched that film since the nineties. Yeah, because I was so, except for Christopher O'Donnell, I was like, or Chris O'Donnell, I was like, oh. yeah. I mean, that's... actually, we were having a conversation about this yesterday, and I wanted to bring it up for how the actors. I think they should do a little. Mm-hmm. Before they portray, well, I think person. I think that depends on how. Yeah, but it's also that's how it's written because when X Men was written, mm-hmm. they didn't want any of the actors to read X Men comic books. Right. And uh, Hugh Jackman, who played Wolverine, th- that's they, who, he that's ordered. He privately said, 
give me some give me some Wolverine comic books, X Men comic books. I want to see what the characters portrayed, like how he's supposed to be in the comic books, because I want to kind of portray that a little bit. In, and in the that film. actually follows up with something I just read recently about Ant Man's coming out and yeah. Lily uh, Evangeline Lily. They gave her some of the new comic books to read, and she's like. She actually criticized. She's like, "This is shit. Give me the old stuff. Like, I want the old stuff. That the stuff that my character, who turns into hopefully the Wasp, you know, becomes." Actually, like, I just saw a thing in here that Kevin Feige is saying that there will be a Wasp movie. Yeah, all right. It, see, it just popped up on my feed. Yeah, you know, see, like, like she wanted the old stuff, not the new stuff, because the way the character is, she's like, "I, I need that." So, I think now you'll find more because superhero movies are right now big business. You wanna. Mm-hmm. You don't want to fall down the Ryan Reynolds well with Green Lantern being a mediocre movie. That was so and mediocre. almost and almost it really. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. What was your take on that? It was horrible. Why? What did you think it was horrible? Once again, I think he tried too hard. Okay. And I don't think he really lived up to the Green Lantern. Okay. I. I you know, I can't argue with that that but I, I, see, I, I thought it was because there's really no bad guy. You're you're fighting You're fighting a cloud. You're fighting fear. <laughs> right. It's basically what it is. You're fighting fear. You're like That's not a character <laughs> Like Boo boo <laughs> hey, Green Lantern, hey, hey Green Green Lantern, Green Lantern, come here. Boo. Ah! <laughs> I win <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean I I like, there were moments, just moments, but that was definitely like, that was like, hey, superhero franchise movies are on the way. Oh, it's time to hit by a bat truck. Oh, oh my God, he's on life support. Is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? Oh, good, he makes it. Because what came out after that, I think it was a Marvel movie. I think yeah. it was, might have been, ooh, I wish I, knew, I wish I had a timeline. Because it was a Marvel movie of some sort. Because there was a couple one-two punches there. Because I think Green Lantern and, and Amazing Spider-Man came out. Yeah. And it was like a one-two punch of, poof, poof, Oh yeah! What are you doing in my childhood? <laughs> like, you know. And then it, you know. Then finally, they kind of write it. They kind of. Well, I, 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 I always will say this though, but I think the legitimacy of the like more uh, classic actors being in those movies, like Glenn Close, uh, Robert Fucking Redford was in a, a comic book movie. Yes, that to me is like you're kidding. This is Robert Redford. He doesn't need to do anything ever again. Yeah, right. I just pulled up a list of American superhero films. Yes. And this list dates back to 1920. Okay. So, um, We'll just go with um, Batman and Robin. 97 uh, was Batman and Robin. Uh, uh, 98 was Starkid, Mask of Zorro, and Blade, which we've, okay. all, we've talked we've about talked before. About that. Helped yeah. save them. 99 was Mystery Men. I forgot I about that. That was I a good movie. I forgot about it's that, great yeah. Movie. Uh, one 2000? Of the, oh, go ahead. One of the very few movies where I actually like Ben Stiller in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still uh, a fan of Ben Stiller. And same with Gene <laughs> Garofalo. Yeah, that was a really good movie. 2000 was The Crow Salvation, X-Men, The Specials, Citizen Toxie, The Tox Avenger Part yeah, 4, I don't count them. and yeah. Unbreakable. 2002 was Blade 2 and, Su- and Spider-Man. Okay, first the one. first one, yeah, yeah. We're talking, yeah. 2003... Daredevil, X Two, X Men United, Hulk, and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay, yeah, that was a that was a that was a nice gut punch because out of those four movies, only one of them was really great. Like, um, it was not Hulk. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, I, I enjoyed Daredevil, League of Extra- I enjoyed League of Extraordinary I li- Gentlemen. I enjoyed League of Extraordinary, but I would say it's not like, oh my god, this is awesome. Right, it was definitely like, a, all right. I yeah. thought I thought it was pretty cool, and I, I yeah. liked how they brought. Uh, Literary characters into it. Yeah. So that's, that's what made it You can thank Alan Moore for that. That's yeah. what goes in his comic. Yeah. Um, right. 2004, Hellboy, The Punisher, Spider-Man 2, Catwoman, and Blade Trinity. 
Okay, well, see, a couple of those are good, like, you know, because Guillermo del Toro is a fan of Hellboy, so he, but he was kind of like the dark horse, ironically enough, of the, of the, of the group, because no one knew who really Hellboy was. He was very, not, not a mainstream character, and he had, like, so I think he had more creative freedom, you know? I think I think out of all of them, that's probably the best out of the bunch. Yeah. Well, I was saying I I actually got more interested in Hellboy after seeing that yes. movie because it was a really good movie. So. He's trying to get the third one going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've right. really enjoyed Hellboy. Um, so, the Punisher I actually saw in theaters. I thought it was interesting, but there was a couple things that pulled me out of the moment that I was like, eh. John Travolta. Huh? Yes. John Travolta. Among other things. Ah, uh, we'll just wait till this season of Daredevil. Oh. Um, 2005 was Electra, Constantine, Son of the Mask, which... I don't even consider that a comic book movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was Dark Horse Comics. Yeah, that's But true. still, yeah. they right. could have never made that film, and I would have been very happy. Uh, Man-Thing, The Crow, Wicked Prayer, The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D, uh, Batman Begins, Fantastic Four, Sky High, and The Legend of Zorro. All right, so so you have, again, like a, a, a almost 10-year Batman and Robin yeah. and uh, Batman Begins. Like, that's that's a hurt. But when did Green Lantern come out? I think 2010. Uh, 2010? 2011. Oh, so close. Wow. So close. So, and then what was, what was at least that same year? Uh, was 2011 was the Green Hornet, Thor, X-Men First Class, Captain America. I like America. Green Hornet. I haven't <laughs> seen it. I, I was interested It is a good, it, fun movie. Shaking your head no in a live radio program yeah. is not you remember at all. No. Yeah, no. What no. did you like about it? Speak your mind. I thought it was awful. You know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just so awful. Overacting, once again. Um, the costumes were great. But it was just... Eh. Yeah, all right. Eh. All right. Um, Captain America. <laughs> like okay. Captain America and Power Rangers Samurai also came out. Power Rangers Samurai. Yeah. Rangers. Rangers. They actually count that in the. Yeah. yeah, apparently they're, right. they're stretching. Uh, twenty twelve was Chronicle, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, The Avengers, Amazing Spider Man, Dark Knight Rises. Okay, so it was it was a year later. I have to go yeah. Dark All right. Yeah. So like after that, you know, things start picking up, and it, you know, you have less and less crap. Like twenty thirteen was Iron Man three. Man of Steel, or actually, I should say, less crap, or the crap that came out was still better than the crap that had previously yeah. come out. Like I think, yeah, like, like now it's funny, like people kind of look back at the Christian Bale era of Batman and kind of are starting to criticize it more. Yeah, you know, the whole forty packs a day voice is really starting <laughs> to kind of get that whole like. Ugh. And now, of course, you know the whole Jared Leto going this way with the Joker and people going. Oh well, you know what? That Heath Ledger, you know, he wasn't really anything like the Joker in the comic books. This one, he looks more. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, Joker wouldn't sit, wouldn't have time to sit in a chair and have damage tattooed on his forehead. In Sorry. nice script, too, by the way. Yeah, like oh, if yeah. he if he did, it would be all fucked up and scratched, yeah. and yeah. he'd be having an allergic reaction. Yeah, right. And he spent two weeks letting it heal up properly. Now, I doubt that. And all the other ones are on his body. Exactly. I just sorry. Uh, that might have to be another movie we pay one we could pay for one movie and sneak in to see that one. Is there any truth to the rumor that Christopher Nolan wants to do Nightwing with Joseph Gordon Levitt? No. no. Damn. 
<laughs> Why would you? Joseph Gordon. That's a stretch. Joseph... Well, okay, well, maybe not necessarily. She's Joseph somebody Gordon. who believes everything she reads on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yes. Who do you mean, Abraham Lincoln didn't read on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I saw. I figured it was fake, but I saw something online that that Christopher Nolan wanted to extend it with. Nah, I don't. I think Christopher, Christopher Nolan way. said he was completely done. I, th- yeah. I, you know, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's too busy trying to get the Sandman project started because yeah. he was supposed to be on TV. Now he's saying it will work better as a movie. So he's got, you know, he's he's way past that whole Nightwing thing. Oh, and, wow. and plus, he's moved on with his life. He's moved on. <laughs> plus, he has that website that he's doing. So, yeah, the press, press record. record. Yeah, yeah, he's a busy man. Busy, busy man. All right, what else you got? Um, was that it? That, that was one? it. That's right. it. Right. Okay, let's get to the list of uh, releases of the week. Releases of the week. Because I still got to do my Batman review. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll do that in the third hour. That sounds yes. good. All right, so why don't you just tell us what's coming out next weekend? Uh, get Hard is coming out. This How week. dare you? We're in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to. You got three hot chicks in front of you. So you know? you know. That was more like an order. Get Hard. <laughs> now! Sir, yes, sir! <laughs> All right. Uh, I kind of wanted to see that, but um, I'm, I also kind of glad I'm waiting for your Blu-ray. All right. You going to pick that up? No. No. I'll red box it. <laughs> I, you know, if I have the extra cash, maybe. <laughs> see maybe. if it gets on HBO or Star Wars. Yeah. Or All right. What else? Uh, the Gunman is coming out as well. Now, that one I would pick up because that was a really, really, really good movie. Actually, it was first, Sean Penn's first real action movie is that they were yeah, yeah. I, mean, I would definitely say like there was a lot more action in that than I expected out of a Sean Penn movie, and he was in that Gangster Squad movie where he was Mickey uh, Mickey Cohen. Yes. So this one's actually him actually running and throwing a punch. I'm going, hey, look at Sean Penn acting. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a direct to DVD coming out. It's called The Last Nights. It starts uh, Clive Owen and Morgan Freeman. So I oh yeah, it'd be interesting to add to the list. My new movie, The Last Night, <laughs> has my friend Andy Dufresne swimming through a mile of shit. <laughs> Come see my movie, The Last Nights. Nights with a K. By the way, look at me, I'm Morgan Freeman and I just rhymed. <laughs> like my old school days of Easy Reader. <laughs> All right, what else you got? I am Evil Knievel. Are you? <laughs> no. Aren't you? It's like, you should be dead. <laughs> this is a miracle. They came back to do this show. I prefer the I Am Bruce Lee documentary. <laughs> yes. All right. Documentary on his life, so. Oh, okay. I'm going to say there's probably some ups and downs and broken bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much. All right. Rocket car. Spoiler. He crashes. <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a lot. I tried to jump to Grand Canyon, but it didn't work. But good thing I had that parachute. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Uh, My Little Pony is Friendship is Magic, Cutie Mark Quests. Okay, sure, whatever. Uh, my Little Pony, My Little Pony. Reading right. Rainbow, Animal Cafe. Hmm. So if you want to see LeVar Burton in his other roles, you can uh, catch it. All right. Uh, there's also a music DVD coming out. It's called A John Williams Celebration, celebrating all of his music with the uh, uh, Los Angeles Philharmonic. Oh, uh, okay. One of those, like, hey, here's a tribute to John Williams. Yes. Okay. 
then there's uh, some odd movies that uh, I don't really remember, but they sounded interesting. The 1990 Bronx Warriors. I remember that movie. It was during the. Um, it was actually made in the eighties. Yeah. So it was kind of like a. Um, Excuse me. It was like, hey, that movie, The Warriors, was really, really popular. Let's see if we can kind of do that again, except with you know, now that it's you know in the eighties, we can punk it up a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people with mohawks and motorcycles. <laughs> and... Then the follow up, The Escape from the Bronx. <laughs> oh, you're kidding! And the last of the trilogy, The New Barbarians. Wow. Yeah. Those nineties were real rough times, apparently, for the Bronx. <laughs> All right, what else you got? That is it for me for DVD. Oh, I do have, I do have, I do have a pick of the week. Do you? Uh huh. It's gonna be a surprise. Vanilla Sky. That is a surprise. That is a surprise. I love that movie. I do. It is. It's one of those movies I can watch almost all the time because it is a mind fuck of a film. All right. But it's really good. I mean, I just, you know, I'm just there's certain things about it that kind of really pull me in and going. Uh, and then there's the twist at the end, and you're going, "Oh my god, that's awesome." You know, it's very Twilight Zone-esque. Maybe that's the reason why I have that soft spot for it. Okay. Because I love the Twilight Zone. So it's got that kind of creepy kind of... All right. Nice. Yeah. And it comes with an alternate ending. Ooh. I don't know what that alternate ending is. Is there any others that you would like to add? for No. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Erica? No. Got nothing. All right. Let's move on to video games. Let's... Let's see, there's three games coming out this week, kids. J-Star's Victory VS Plus by Namco Bandai Games for the PS3 and PS4. It's a, it's a fighting game with all your favorite anime. If you're big into anime and Magna, apparently this is the game for you because it's got a whole bunch of characters in it that are all... It's like the Marvel vs. DC or, you know, like, of, of their... of anime. Okay. Like, hey, you want to see this Asian character that you don't know fight this Asian character that you don't know? Here's the game for you. <laughs> All right, what else? A Blue Blaze Chrono Phantasm Extend by Axis. <laughs> I'm not saying that again. <laughs> PS3, PS4, and Xbox One are the game, are the controller. It is basically a remake of a game. I, I, I think it's like the, hey, here's a game everyone seemed to like. Let's high def it <laughs> and try to sell it again. Again, right. All right. And finally, Hyper Dementia uh. Neptuna Rebirth 3. V generation by Idea Factory for the PS Vita. <laughs> I said it right. So no, I'm just those those Japanese role playing game titles get longer and longer every year. It'd be like hyper hyper dimension, hypertension, trivial pursuit. He's gonna read high four def, paragraphs. High, high def type O H D seven sigma alpha five coming out on PS Vita <laughs> <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's now time. We'll take a break. break. We'll go break, and we'll come back, and we'll we'll get right into my review. Of, well, actually, mine and Alex's review of Arkham Knight. I All right. brought you guys a game. Aren't you happy? You know, so we'll be right back, folks. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Ed forgot to count back before. <laughs> it was funny. Like I said, for those people who are fans of the show, Ed does the old you know, four, three, two, one in the hand signal. Signal. Fucking fuck that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, your pals are doing perfect. They're batting a thousand a night, folks. <laughs> and I think forgot a my, my one fan got my finger my got one stuck. Fan, my one fan. <laughs> your one fan. My one and only fan. Me. Someone out there is going, no, Ed, your mom, your fan. I'm your biggest fan. 
<laughs> there's like pictures of you on their wall, you know, with like lipstick on it. Like, <laughs> 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 oh boy. Anyway, that was part two. Yes. Uh, part three, we talk Batman Arkham Knight. We talk other shit. <laughs> <laughs> the new Spider-Man. We talk about the new Spider-Man. We talk about... An interesting thing about Fallout 4. That is true. Yeah. Uh, what else do we talk about, Ed? Because <laughs> I suffer from short-term memory loss. Uh, we talk about uh, two big actors doing a movie together. Oh, oh. that's right. Yeah, okay. All right. That sounds really interesting. I'm going to have to listen to that one. <laughs> See what I'm out. I'm going to find out. And you know what I'm going to do? Since I'm going to be downloading that, I'm going to go to Facebook, right? Yeah. And I'm going to type in Geeksters Radio. All right. And I'm going to see if I like the page. There you go. And if I didn't, I'm certainly going to click that like button. Because I think, you know, I am entertained by us sometimes. <laughs> so... Sometimes. So I think maybe we should go to Facebook and hit the like button. Maybe you should. You know, I mean, if now we don't want to pressure you, you're not going to be like, you're not going to be coming on your door going, look at the like button. Swear to Facebook. <laughs> While you're there, you could go to the about section and find all the places you could download the show besides you're, iTunes or wordswithgeeks.com. You're so right, Captain Segway. And while you're at it, you can go to Twitter at Geeksters. Or if you like pictures, you can go to our Instagram page at Geeksters Radio. <laughs> but if you want to catch this shit live, <laughs> you could do so on Sunday nights from. 6 to six to nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio.com. Just a track on Radio on this apps. And <laughs> if you want to contact Ed on anything you heard tonight, or just kind of go <laughs> morons, <laughs> you can contact him at Ed at WordsWithGeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at Sean at WordsWithGeeks.com. That's Sean with an S. <laughs> Or if you want to contact Erica on anything you've heard, you can contact her at Erica at wordswithgeeks.com. And that is Erica with a K. So sit back and shake your head going, why am I going to listen to part three? <laughs> you know why? Two words. Fucking Batman. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. 